Welcome to the Thundercast, your martial athletics podcast produced by the fans, for the fans, with your hosts, Russ Livingood and KD Hudnall. We're bringing you the thundering word on the thundering herd each and every week. So keep it right here. The Thundercast is on the loose. episode of the thundercast you can follow us on twitter at thundercast underscore pod and head on over to facebook give the page over there a a like as well and please go to the links in the description of every thundercast episode a go subscribe to the thundercast youtube channel and b and c we make it really easy to join the big green get involved that way and to check out and get involved with the thunder trust if you would like to do that as well so we got a lot in the descriptions as also and we got links to all of our kick-ass sponsors as well in case you need their services 304carrack.com and ignite link everything's in the description but look man we've got a super busy week we were talking just before we hit the record button <laughs> some major news that just happened like right after we got done recording and posted our show last week. So we're going to revisit some of that. I, it just did not even occur to me that we hadn't talked about it yet. So let's get uh, into this. But first, let's get a quick word from our sponsors at 304carwreck.com. If you've been hurt in a wreck, visit 304carwreck.com on the web or on Facebook. You can't stop a bad driver from crashing into you and making you a victim. But when you're hurt and you try to deal with the insurance companies alone, you set yourself up to be a victim again. Don't be a victim twice. Jason and Matt can't protect you from bad drivers, but they can protect you from the insurance companies. Find them at 304carwreck.com. Russ, it has been a busy is an understatement week. Uh, Let's say landmark. I don't think I've used landmark as an adjective uh, yet when talking about the week in herd athletics, but it has been kind of sort of a landmark week this past week in herd athletics. So let's get it kicked off with, I don't know how many things, but at least five things every herd fan needs to know. Yeah. So this week it will be actually six things. Every herd fan needs to know this week as always brought to you by ignite link, the tri-state's premier it management team. Number one, Tavion Kinsey. Gets another award. Maybe his last one that gets announced, we don't know, but he was named the Lou Henson All-American. And for those of you that don't know, Lou Henson Awards go to mid-majors. And um, this is a great prestigious award, but we've got some thoughts on top of that as well. Yeah, I do. We I know where you're going to go with this, but first let's start out with the – the awesome news that he was named a Lou Henson All-American because, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, what are you yeah. going to do? I mean, he obviously earned that with his play this year. There was That was kind of a no-doubter, in my opinion, and probably mm-hmm. in the opinion of a lot of people across the country, obviously, because a lot of people are probably contributing to those votes and, and those awards. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping that the next thing – thing that we talk about with Tavion Kinsey will be where he lands at the next level and we get to talk about that but for right now um one of the final at potentially awards or accolades that he'll get in a herd uniform is a big one being named Lou Henson All-American is a big deal so super congratulations to him um that was really really cool now then <laughs> I agree with everything you said um <laughs> They he was up for a finalist that yeah. we mentioned of 30. 
to be the Lou Henson uh, Award overall uh, player of the year for the mid-majors. And he did not win, and I wasn't really upset at that aspect of it. But the person he lost to was the person he beat out yeah. In the Sun Belt yeah. for the Sun Belt Player of the Year went to uh, Jordan. Bra- is it Jordan Brown? Yeah. Jordan Brown of Louisiana, the power forward. Yeah, that was a little head scratching. You know, yeah. I, w- I was kind of with you. I thought, well, if he wins it, that'd be- he'll probably lose it to someone in a different conference because you're the player of the year in the Sun Belt Conference. Yeah. How can you not be the best player in the conference? Right. And I guess they saw things a little bit differently, but. It is what it is. Um, that's a head scratcher to me. But, you, you know, i tell you what is um, a little more confusing is not confusing, but it's like I would have appreciated them rewarding him staying at the school he started with and completing his career there because Brown was a transfer. He transferred in. Right. Mm-hmm. So not that that sends a message one way or the other, but it would have just been the word I love to use a differentiator in this arena, this award. You go, you know what? That guy's been there five years. He stayed. He didn't hit the portal. He didn't go anywhere and try to put up bigger numbers somewhere else. He did it right there and was conference player of the year at Marshall. That should have held some weight. It should have held a little bit more weight. But you know, those are not decisions that I am you know, of the pay grade to make. It just would have been. It just seemed, it would have seemed fitting to me. That's all. Yeah. If anything, I expected as you and I talked, the uh, guy that scored 27, 28 points a game, uh, I I would have, yeah, I would have expected that he would have walked away with it. Um, Just because those are things that people that vote on this sort of thing, I mean, that's something that's going to stand out to them. There's no way they could have watched all 30 of these guys play every single game. Uh, out of these finalists so uh, that's who I expected so it wasn't like I was overwhelmed with oh my gosh he didn't win it I thought there was a very good chance he could have won it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but when he lost it to a conference stable mate that he beat out that's what was uh, confusing to me I was yeah and I don't want to sound like a hater right because Brown had a great year he had a great year tremendous (laughs) year and when they go head to head with the herd, he had like probably his best game of the yeah. year. Yeah. And and that may or may not have been a deciding factor. You come down, you go, wow, it's really between these two guys. Well, you know, Jordan Brown had the better game when they played the herd. I don't know. I, I, I wasn't in those meetings. I wasn't in those decisions, uh, that decision making process. So I don't want to sit here and sound like a hater, but right. uh, I, it just would have been nice, like I said, to see Tavion get the cherry on the top with that. I mean, the All-American is great. I'm not trying to diminish that. You know, Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year, Lou Henson, first team All-American. That's a pretty good way to close out your herd career. So it's amazing. You know, if we're just going to split hairs and be like, well, he should have gotten this too. Eh, 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 I don't want to be selfish, but he did deserve it. <laughs> that yeah. sounds- if anything, too, I, I imagine the guy that scored 27, you know, is even more shocked, you know, uh, yeah. losing it. But. It, it is what it is, like That's we right. said. No, nothing you can do. All right, number two, you brought this up as a decent segue. Uh, Micah Handlockton has entered the transfer portal for basketball. So 50-50 on that for me, right? Because I thought, okay, we've got a good shot to keep him. He had a great year. We recruited him out of high school, and then we developed his game into what it became. He's Sunbelt Freshman of the Year, and we had been talking and speculating – 
since the end of the season, like, man, this could really be something, you know, you talk about an Andy Taylor, Cam Kerfman, uh, Obina, and Han Lockton, four of five coming back. Who's the fifth? Well, now you're down to three of five. Uh, that was a shocker. So it was 50-50 because you knew he was going to get a ton of suitors. You knew he was going to be a very, very popular guy. Um, but, you know, that's I, you'd be naive to think that just because a guy's committed to a school or at a school that nobody's in contact with him. So, you know, in, in the pro sports, they might call that tampering, but that doesn't really exist as far as I know here. In the Zero laws. So, there, there's there's nothing right now governing that as far as I know. So you, I can't blame the kid for having an opportunity to maybe, you know, go somewhere he wanted to go out of high school, you know, because he's, I did see a clip where he said he was definitely going to take a visit to NC state. And that's a, in-state school for him you know so there that's the double-edged sword the portal giveth and the portal taketh away we get Kerfman last year this year so far we're gonna you know lose um hand locked and, and on top of that we've also lost David Early and he I saw that he committed to Tennessee Tech the other day so mm-hmm. this is a big one though there's this is not going to be easily replaced you just don't replace a Sunbelt all freshman you know caliber player that easily can we do it hell yeah we can do it because we did it this year we went out and found them and, and put them on the floor but i think that one put sent shockwaves to the locker room well i don't know about the locker room but heard fans heard basketball fans and probably to a certain extent the the conference but what are you gonna do man wish him well and thank him for what he's done here and look to reload points for me um i am 100 in favor of transfer portal I mm-hmm. don't think that we should take these 18 to 22 year old kids again, kids. I can say that because I'm 43, but uh, we shouldn't take these guys and tie them up and say, Hey, it doesn't matter what's changed in your personal life. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what's changed with your coaching staff, with your players or anything. You have to be there and you have to stay. I don't think that's fair. So we don't do that to non-athletes that are at school. Right. You know, if, if, KD is in school, you know, he was there for 19 years. So we can't go at those 19 years and say, Hey, KD 15 years in, you know, you can't go somewhere else. Yeah. That's true. Run, running joke. He, I, I mean, I, I get it, you know, um, and this is not directed towards him particularly so yeah. towards Micah. This is kind of just like the system in general, but I wish, you know, you should have the freedom to go, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, yeah. But if coaches have the freedom to go, you should have the freedom to go. That's yeah. that's kind of the way I see it. But I guess I I guess the you know what 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 do you put in place to mitigate that to right you know because um, I'm not going to speculate on why he's transferring. It could just be simply like I had a great year. I'm a, I'm going to strike while the iron's hot, and I'm going to try to make a run at a you know I want to get into a league that is a multiple bid league. Yeah. That's not unfair. What if you right. just want to play in a freaking NCAA tournament? So mm-hmm. far in the Sun Belt, if you want to do that, you've got to win the damn tournament. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it doesn't matter if you win the regular season. You have to win the tournament to get in. So until that changes, you can't really fault guys for wanting to go and say, well, hell, I'll go to the ACC. They're, they're a freaking nine-bid league. So, you know, I'm going to have a decent chance to make an NCAA tournament. Whatever the case may be, that's what the case is. And I, it, it sucks as a Hurt fan because I was really excited about what we were going to look like and how dominant we could have potentially been 
uh, given how Danny and the coaching staff attack the portal, attack the recruiting cycle, and you know what they do to replace Tavion. But having to replace Tavion and Hanlogan is going to be an extremely tough task. Uh, let's just hope that everybody else that's on the roster stays on the roster and gives us the best chance to reload as best we can. Another minor point for me is when Jansen Williams and uh, um, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, you talking about uh, Jared? Jared, yes. When when they left, they mm-hmm. had both graduated and they had fulfilled their four years here. And because of COVID, they got an extra year and yep. they transferred out. And I was not 100%. I mean, I was 100% behind them doing that. I wanted to see them stay but I was behind that. Mm-hmm. This is a different scenario where Micah has three years left and it, it stings a lot more because you're looking at, Hey, can't wait to see how he was going to develop here. Hey, he gives us an interior presence when he's yeah. not, when he's on the court, you know, our rebounding is better. Uh, they can't attack us as well at the rim because he's a shot blocking threat. It allows uh, Obina to go out to the four and you know that helps him with his rebounding and, and shot blocking. So that is one of the things where it stings. I'm still behind him for being able to do that. He'll always be a son of Marshall for the time that he spent here. Um, I just I was really looking forward to him to stay, so I'm disappointed. Yeah, I think we all were, but you know he's in the portal now. I mean he's, yep. he's going to go somewhere. So now our energy must focus on. What's the next moves? What's the roster going to look at, look like now? So, mm-hmm. and really, as herd fans, you really hope you know you've got you got D'Antoni on a three year extension, mm-hmm. so you know he's going to be here. The future of the leadership of the program is in intact. We know what it's going to look like. So now it's like, all right, we got to recruit the hell uh, out of Andy Taylor. We got to recruit the hell out of you know everybody else that's on the roster to stay and help us build something. I mean, being handful of games away from either the NIT or the NCAA tournament and now losing two huge weapons is it's tough. That's tough. So yeah, so it falls on the coaching staff now to make it happen. Well, we knew it was going to be a different look team next year. You know, we've had two coaches on here recently that have talked about different and it would be a good different. Good different so yeah. that's hopefully what we're going to see. We knew it was going to be different with Tavion not going to be there. Now with both of them not going to be there, we just got to replace and reload and do what we can to make it a good different that we're going to have here. here. Yeah. All right. So number three, Patrick Copen named Sunbelt pitcher of the week over in baseball. Um, deserved. Yeah, <laughs> going up against what we talked about to be such a powerful lineup at ODU, and he yeah. gets out of there only giving up one run. And we saw the two games that he wasn't pitched in. They scored 21, was it 25? 20? They scored a, a buttload. And they, then took 12. A, they took a, a bunch out of yeah. the yard. It was above 20, so, yeah. you know, and then 12 in the final game. So, um, eight home runs in that game that they scored over 20. One player got yeah. three. Copen faced that same lineup and gave up, I think, three hits and um, struck out 11. Yeah, very I mean, good, very good. It, it, and I know we're talking about ancient history in the grand scheme because we've kind of uh, – we've played another series since then. Right. But, you know, this award came out since we last recorded, and we we have to talk about this stuff because yeah. it's 
that was an incredible accomplishment, especially when you talk about that lineup. Old Dominion's amongst the national leaders in home runs. It's not mm -hmm. just like they hit a bunch of home runs, you know, on occasion. No, they are amongst the national leaders, like top five or better in the, in the home run category nationally. So to come in and have a, such an outing on that Friday, man, that was that that tells you that uh, you know he's special, right? He's special, and he's only getting better. So you're, I would I would tend to think that he's got your your Friday opening day opening game opening series game starter position like on lock. That's his. He's he's kind of the ace right now because he is he's been great all year. He's been really solid all year, and that Old Dominion Friday was just – that was a different level of awesome. Um, and now, you know, I know we're going to talk about it later in Around the mm -hmm. Herd, but, yeah. you know, I'm sure you saw the tweet I put out the other day on the heels of them winning the series. So we're checking the boxes. We talked about this with baseball. you got to win the game, then you got to win a series, then then it's a series sweep. So we, we got our first one against App State. We got the first series against ULM this past weekend. So it's onward and upward, man. It's 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 – brick literally brick by brick that's what we're doing here yep and we we will have a lot to talk about in around the herd about the baseball team uh number four we had some football staff additions some of these uh you know kind of had been all but named but now they are name name mm -hmm. yeah it was a lot it was a big string of some you know some uh elevated from like analyst to ga type things and and then you bring in some analysts and some have been out there and already been announced but there were some new ones do you have the full list i'm bringing it up right now uh while i'm bringing it up though we can talk you know seymour was uh officially right. kind of introduced there that had already been named and uh shay was announced uh uh, during this, but a couple of analyst positions, uh, you know, we had talked about, um, Aaron Dobson right. on the show and now Danny Derricott. Yeah. Which is, um, I know there's probably a fair amount of folks, Mac era fans that are listening to our show and, and they saw that and they were like, hell yeah. And then there's an old, another section of the listenership and the viewers that probably are like, ah, Okay, you know, I don't know much about this guy. I mean, maybe he's a, you know, up and comer in the coaching ranks. And while that could be true, you need to do yourself a favor in this world that we live in and go to YouTube <laughs> and look for some, you know, Mac era highlights. Because not only were those teams great and those defenses great, but Dan Derricott was at the forefront of a lot of those secondaries in that Mac era of herd football. And that guy is a straight all-time great herd Hall of Famer. I mean, you, the the accolades, the statistics. If you just went and looked at the statistics and the and what he did and the teams he played for, this was a really cool name to see fly across the coaching staff additions. So I'm intrigued. I'm excited. Uh, I always wonder about uh, you know great players. Some of them have the ability to um, coach at a really high level. And there's those other instances where like their greatness just came so easy to them that it's hard for them to convey that, you know, how they did it. Right. So I'm intrigued. And uh, I bet Dan is a wealth of freaking knowledge uh, about secondary play, corner play, safety play. And uh, just the fact that he's an all timer being added to the to this staff to go along with Dobson. It's going to be really cool, man. It's just really cool. I love what Charles Huff does uh, 
you know, keeping keeping some of our greats connected to the program. He does a great job with that. But who else we got? Well, so uh, go, just going down the line here, defensive coordinator we talked about, uh, mm-hmm. Jason Seymour, tight ends coach Derek Shea. Uh, that had been kind of heavily, heavily rumored and reported, but that was official. Offensive analyst Aaron Dobson, defensive analyst Danny Derricott, uh, defensive GA uh, Mark Shaver, and offensive GA Quentin Hall. Uh, general manager Logan Meyer, we had talked yep. about that. Manager of football operations Joe Carter, not the uh, home run in <laughs> the, uh, the World Jays Series. <laughs> yeah, I, I looked it up, and it's not uh, the same guy. <laughs> yeah, our uh, our crack uh, stats guys looked it up for us. Not yeah. the same dude. And uh, director of recruiting ops, uh, we talked about that last week. I think it was Katie Roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a lot of a uh, lot of additions and changes and it's pretty pretty extensive list and and uh this is not uh out there as an announcement on herd zone or anything but uh if you looked up uh anything on uh, retweets or quotes or stuff from christian spears on twitter on saturday he uh put it out here that uh mike valentine is coming over to be the new equipment manager uh, mm-hmm. for obviously he's not taking Cedric Prowl's position. This is for uh, recently departed Zach Littleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike is coming over from Northwestern and uh, that looks to be the position that he's going to replace. Now it could be a total different realignment. It just, that's what it looks like to me. But uh, Mike had tweeted out, that he was going to uh, take a position in equipment for, uh, for Marshall. And then Christian quote tweeted that and said, you know, here's this about the guy, this about the guy and welcome to the stuff. So, well, and and along with that, uh, I saw that we've brought on another, I don't know what the position is because it really doesn't say, but it's also in equipment and don't even have like, the proper name here. All I have is the Twitter account, right? Uh, uh, but he goes by Twitty, <laughs> and the uh, the the Twitter account is at EQ Twitty. So he's an Akron alum and now Marshall um, equipment staff. So um, welcome, Twitty. I wish I knew your full name, <laughs> but kind of secretive with that on the on the handle. But it looks like a revamping of the equipment staff. So yeah, a lot of additions. Uh, you know, usually historically this has been kind of a rise through the ranks um position like come up through marshall type deal you know and and, um we're it's not saying it's not that as well but we've you know marshall and herd equipment has been long known as putting out high quality um performers in this category for like other we send these guys to other schools to be head equipment guys and and work at a high level and and uh you know, I, I, I'm hoping that's something that we are able to continue to do because in yeah. those circles, Marshall's really well respected mm-hmm. in the uh, equipment uh, arena, I guess. We've been say. doing it at a high level for a long time. And the resources that these huge Alabama, Ohio State, you know, I have a feeling it's kind of easy there because you're basically like, hey, I'd like to do this. Okay, here's $8 million. Go do it. You yeah. know, so. Uh, it's different here, and we have people that just nose to the grindstone, get it done. And 
I think well, but that's... At, the, at, the, at the end of the day, you know, you, Alabama's a great uh, example, right? Because that just means that's a huge budget to manage. You know well, what I mean? True. That's a lot yeah. of money. That's a lot of responsibility. And uh, I'm not saying that Marshall's job isn't easy. I'm sure it's very, very hard, very time consuming. There's a lot of hours involved, probably mm -hmm. very few thank yous, you know, one mm -hmm. of those type positions. But then you take it from, you know, what, what we have, what our budget is, relatively speaking, to the Georgias and the Floridas and Michigans and Ohio States. And you're thinking, that's a lot of money to have to manage. And it's a lot of athletes to have to outfit because, you know, they have how many different variations of uniforms on top of team gear, on top of practice wear, on top of all this stuff for basically every team that they have has all this stuff. It's a lot to manage. And yeah. to know that we push out those type of uh, performers to go and be able to succeed in places like that says a lot about what we do at Marshall. Yeah. We're going to move on to number five. Uh, last week we recorded late Sunday night and early Sunday morning before we uploaded the show. <laughs> um, this announcement came out, but Kim Stevens, the head coach from Glenville state, uh, which was highly, highly rumored to come here has been officially named and welcomed in as the new women's basketball coach. I know. And when you said that to me before we started recording, I was like, dang, we really didn't talk about that. That yeah. happened like right before I think our episode posted, you know, yeah. um, last Monday. So a little over a week ago. And psh, that's that was what I'm saying is the landmark. That was the the why I wanted to use landmark because it's a landmark thing. You know, this is a new era of herd women's basketball and her style of play and 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 what she's been able to accomplish at Glenville State should not be taken lightly. Will it translate to the Sun Belt? Who knows? It has just as good of a shot to be really really successful as perhaps not. But this is a totally revamping of uh, herd women's basketball from. Definitely from a style perspective. And I don't know about you, but I am really pumped. I'm really pumped to see what we put out on the floor and to see if this is now going to be a team. Not that they were bad. We loved our our team last year and, and yeah. the guts and the grit. And we love, mm -hmm. but I'm intrigued that if we will trot out a team to where opposing players and opposing coaches are like, I do not want to face that team again because yeah. they are relentless from the opening whistle to the final whistle. A couple of things that I have heard, uh, you know, we had talked about it a little bit on here before lots of threes, fast pace press. Yeah. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, there is a lot of U five sub in right now, swap in and out. And that way you've got fresh legs mm -hmm. and uh, it's, it's just going to be a different style. You know. And it, that requires an incredibly deep roster. Think about that yeah. for a second, where most yeah. teams, damn near every team is like, all right, one guy in, maybe two guys in. If you're yeah. mass subbing, you might put three guys in. You never see all five come off the floor unless it's like a blowout scenario. End, end of the, of the game. game and yeah. you're like, let's, all right, everybody get in. Yeah, let's get some freshman minutes in here, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah. I, I am looking forward to this uh, new style of play. I am also uh, – tempering my expectations in year one because sure. you have to get a system in you've got to get the players to fit that system unless they come in and say i'm not going to honor any of these scholarships and we're going to start over you just cannot do that in year one and i'm not i'm not suggesting that's what we're going to do 
I'm not suggesting that's what I want them to do. I'm saying it is impossible because you didn't recruit these players to fit your system. So you basically just say, I need to mold what I have here into my system. Right. That happens in every sport and every time there's a coaching and system change. Uh, that's just the way it is. If you look at uh, Nebraska way back in the day, they had a totally different offensive line to run the triple option. And when you come in and say, okay, now we're a uh, spread offense, it's a different offensive line, right? Sure. Yeah. So that's what we're going to have in year one. Now we could come in and just dominate year one in this system. I don't mean dominate with the record, but just running this system on all cylinders. We could come in and do everything with these players that we have. I'm not suggesting that the players that we have cannot do it in this system. But once she gets some recruitment in on the system that she has built and has in place, then I think we're really going to see a game changer here. Well, let's not discount the fact that there are probably a hell of a lot of players in the country that want to play that style of basketball. Yeah. And we have a full complement basically of recruiting and portal and all of that. You know, we, we, when we saw the coaching change take place um, you know, there were some announcements of players that we'd had committed in this recruiting cycle, or at least one that I saw mm-hmm. had reopened her commitment, right. right. So, or reopened her recruiting. Yeah. So, uh, y- and you can't just say, well, you know, how does that translate? How does division two translate to the Sunbelt? Well, uh, Abby Beeman made the transition pretty, pretty well. You know, she came from uh, Division Two, and I saw where they, someone had mentioned that, you know, Abby's last loss in Division Two was to Kim Stevens in the, in yeah. the, uh, in the tournament, and now she's going to be her coach at Marshall. Well, we both resoundingly believe that Abby got robbed in all com- in uh, all Sunbelt Conference honors, and she was great this year for us. She was a real game changer for what the what this team needed uh, going into this past season. So, um. I think that we will ultimately be okay. I, I bet you there's going to be a few pieces that come in in this cycle that are um, some instant impact type players. The, our cupboard is by no means bare. We've got some great players here that uh, that can uh, probably do a lot of what Coach Stevens wants done. And if she can accentuate that through this recruiting cycle and through the portal cycle, then you know what's. I, I can't sit here and say no, no, no. We're going to win the Sun Belt in year one. No, we're not. Yeah. I'm not going to say that. But uh, it's a seven-year contract commitment. So if that doesn't mm-hmm. tell you that we are firmly committed to what she can do here, you're not really paying attention. Don't look for the instant turnaround, you know, undefeated season, conference championship in year one. If it happens, it happens, right? That just means you're outpacing your expectations. But a seven-year commitment, that's a big deal, man. That's a big deal. So that tells me that our leadership has full faith that she can implement her style and succeed at a high level here. And she said herself, Coach Steven said, she wouldn't have went somewhere she didn't think she could win because she had a really good thing going at at Glenville. And she believes that we can win here. And I do too. You know, we proved that. So we were able to go toe-to-toe with some of the toughest. I mean, remember, we go to James Madison and beat the number one team in the conference there close out the season we we can go toe-to-toe with the best of the best in this conference we just need to be able to do it consistently and maybe this injection of energy and and change in style of play is is what we need to get over the hump you mentioned the word commitment several times in there marshall in the article announcing it brought out a very good thing that we jumped on yeah and that was a commitment to show that we as fans are committed 
just as Marshall was committed to her for seven years. And for $250, you got a uh, couple of seats uh, for season tickets uh, to women's basketball. You got uh, a signed Tavion Kinsey basketball commemorating uh, him uh, getting the all-time points record here at Marshall. Uh, there was some uh, apparel. Yeah. yeah. And seems like something else that I'm leaving out, but whatever. It was a pretty good package to, to put together. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course we're committed, right? Anytime yeah. we can be committed to another level, we we want to. And mm-hmm. this was an opportunity for us to show that commitment immediately. This is fresh off the heels of uh, Coach Stevens getting hired, D'Antoni getting the extension. It's like the, Marshall's committed to these coaches. We as fans should be committed to the program. So we are. Number six, and this will be our final thing of the week. Bonus thing. <laughs> Softball. Breaks another record. It was uh, 18 in a row that they got to, uh, uh, before this season, they got to, uh, or I'm sorry, it was 18 broke the record. Uh, mm-hmm. That was earlier in the week. And we'll talk about that later in Around the Herd. And then they ended up sweeping, which we'll talk about in Around the Herd. Um, Georgia State, so now they are at 21 wins in a row. 31 and three overall, 21 wins in a row. <laughs> I'm kind of speechless at that because I'm not even sure that um, Megan would sit here and tell us that she saw that coming, you know, because that's just so hard to do. It's yeah. just so hard to do. Any one game, one thing can go wrong. Yeah. And, and I don't, Along that same token, I don't think that she would sit here and say she saw it coming, but she also wouldn't probably sit here and say, I'm not, I'm, I'm totally surprised. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because her team has that build, her, her staff, everything they've been able to put together just tells you they come to work every day and they're really good. You know, A, they're really good. And then they come to work every day and do things. And, and if you give this herd team a sliver of an opportunity to abuse you, they will. Right. If you if you don't make a perfect throw, if you, you know, whatever, they're going to take an extra base on you and they're going to do it every single time they get an opportunity. It's always gas, 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 gas. It's never hesitation and wait and see. It's just take your shot. And if you get thrown out, you get thrown out. But 90 percent of the time, it seems like more than that, maybe. We just move a base runner over, you know, which leads to another run, which leads to a, a one run lead becoming a three run lead. It's those type of things, and they do it every game. So I'm not surprised either, but I am surprised because 21 games is that's a lot of games. That's a lot of games in a row to be winning, and there's still and the streak's not over, right? We're right. still going. We're going to go into this weekend or this Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. We'll talk about with that streak intact. What a what a run! I, I'm I'm as speechless as you are, and. It's one of those things, you know, you keep saying earlier in different episodes is like Abby Herring. You're going to hear, hey, Abby Herring broke another record. <laughs> this is the same thing here yeah. with softball. Yeah. It's just like, what more can they break? You know, what what can they do? And we've got a lot of softball to discuss later in yeah, the show. We do. And, and, and we I don't I don't want to take away from it there, but just Wow. 21 wins in a row. I know, man. And some of the data points I'm going to hit when we get it to them in around the herd uh, are they they feel good. And it's not – and I'm not even talking about, like, statistics. 
like from from the team standpoint. I, I want I, I don't want to I don't want to lead too far into it, but I want to I want to say that you know in the, in the preparation for this episode, I was taking point of some of these data points. I'm like, man, that that's great. You know that that that's awesome. But now we're getting into the point. Of, <clears throat> excuse me, the point of this season where potentially I thought it might happen this weekend if if our bats busted out in a big way, you know, and we just put up. 15 to two or whatever every game ended up being you know five or six which is still excellent run support but you know if we'd have had a big big bats day multi-rbis from multiple players type days then we might have seen this but we're getting ready to see an all-time single season record fall and we're like midway through the season that's that's how dominant this team is so um i can't talk enough about softball they can't do enough to you know earn our support and earn the support of the casual fan. If you're still a casual fan and you look down and you see 30 and three, 31 and three, whatever it is, it's time to click up that casualness a little bit and just be a a fan, right? Like what more do they got to do? They're legitimate. And we, this is driving home the point that we said way back when, before we joined the Sunbelt, that this could be a cornerstone program for Marshall in the Sunbelt. And boy, are they proving us right? Yeah. Well, that uh, brings us to an end of this week's six things every Herd fan needs to know this week. As always, brought to you by IgniteLink. KD, before we move on, it's that time. I want to take down the uh, chalkboard here and go over this week's clue. As you'll see, we're at clue number six. There were only seven total clues in this contest. So next week, we will have our final clue. And then the week after that, we'll have the announcement. Still, no one has gotten it right. No one. Still, no one has gotten it right. So your chances are excellent to be the winner, potentially the only person to solve this riddle. And again, while Russ is showing that, let me tell you, once again, each individual clue is not the individual answer to the riddle. It is but a clue to the overall answer to this eight week long seven week long um series of clues so and two other things make sure you dm us so you're not uh ruining whatever your guess is right or wrong could influence or ruin it for someone else so (laughs) ruin you could give away your own prize if if somebody else if it clicks in somebody else's mind yeah so dm us uh as people have been doing the last few weeks yeah uh but also uh each individual board where it says clue number six, this is the board this week. There are multiple clues on every one of these boards. So if you are taking one single thing away from these boards in each of the weeks, there's something you're missing. So here it is again. We'll have this out on uh, social media as well under hashtag TC chalkboard. But uh, play along. It's been a lot of fun. I've seen some really clever guesses and uh, nothing wrong with your guesses except for, well, they're wrong. They're wrong. (laughs) Doesn't mean you're not on the right track, but you're not right. All right. Um, Let's just take this around the herd because we've got a lot to talk about there. And, um, you know, spring football got underway and. Man, it's that time of year. There's been a lot of basketball news. We got a lot of just a lot of a lot. So let's talk about it. All right. We're going to start off with tennis. They uh, won five to two over Texas State. That was on the road on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they also won five to two. And that was against Louisiana. 
really killing it since they've hit the uh, Sunbelt Conference. Uh, yep. That one setback, as we mentioned from a couple of weeks ago at ranked ODU. Other than that, they've been doing very good. Uh, they're hosting Southern Miss on Saturday, and I found this one hard to believe, but they're hosting South Alabama on Easter Sunday. Here. Hmm. I, didn't, I didn't think that there would be any matches or games or meets or anything on Easter, but there you go. Well, there most certainly apparently will be. Uh, this has been an excellent road swing for uh, the Herd Tennis team to go out there, and if you want individual results, you can get this stuff on Herd Zone. Herd Zone. There's just a lot. You, know, you play doubles and singles, a lot of matches, and it's hard to – keep track of everything but uh you, you know we've got some performers that are up there every week that could be named sbc player of the week every week and it's just a matter of you know who else is doing whatever else they're doing but yeah. this isn't we're not just eking by we're out we're going out there and and really um i don't know imposing our will on these teams we're going into their house and winning convincingly these overall matches singles and doubles so they have been doing a great job this tennis team is just hasn't really let us down at all this year and even if you want to talk about old dominion's top 20 team at the time it's not a letdown you know that's a measuring stick of where you're trying to get to so they're they're really killing it excellent job by the tennis squad Moving over to men's soccer, they beat Ohio State 3-1 to on Saturday to move to 2-0 and in the Collegiate Spring League, and they are headed to Louisville on Saturday at 4 p.m. for the third game of four. Oh, okay, three of four. Nice. I was wondering if that was going to be uh, how many there were. But, uh, yeah, I saw that. And so this is now the – what is this, the second game they've played um, – well, I guess they scored at least three. Didn't they have four in the first one? I think I don't know. so. It was three, three to one this time. I think it was four to two. Yeah, I think uh, so the too. First game. So, <laughs> if this is any indication of what this team's going to look like at yeah, spring league, yeah, I get it. But if if this is the scoring prowess that we can expect, I mean, at least multiple game, it, multiple goals per game, you're really going to like the herd's chances. I think we're going to be really good again this year despite the absence of some all-timers due to exhaustion of eligibility that are now playing at a higher level. You know, we've got three or four guys that are playing in, uh, in, in, at other, le- at a, at another level, you know, there's Milo's out there in Tulsa and, and uh, Simla's in Louisville, I think. And Alva's is somewhere. I don't yeah. remember what, where he's at, but they were just playing down here in Tampa the other day. They were playing the Rowdies. Um, and I think I saw it wasn't Mossy Yunus somewhere as well. I think he got signed somewhere as well. So that's a lot of guys to lose off of a team and then yeah. to come out and reload that team and expect to be really, really competitive. I would be surprised if if Marshall's not the uh, you know, the one of the top two teams in the Sun Belt yet again. Yeah. And um they if I'm remembering the format correctly, they play these four games and then from all of the teams that are in there they've got the north division and the south division uh they will have the final four uh at uh after these weeks are over of course last year we won that overall so looking forward to how that goes again this year and you know you said i know it's the spring league but these are good teams that we're playing that's what i'm saying i'm not trying to diminish it but yeah and Everyone is 
really trying to win. So, you know, <laughs> well, also, I mean, you would probably think that everybody's trying to beat the herd because they're the defending champion. So you're getting everyone's best game. They're, they're, they're loading up to beat you. They want to knock you out. And what a great position that is to be in. I love being the, the team that everybody wants to come after and few teams are able to defeat. Over in women's soccer, and uh, you'll probably know where I'm going with this, but uh, they had matches against Radford and Virginia Tech uh, Sunday, earlier today. And uh, we do not have scores on that. They also played at Kentucky earlier in the week, uh, last week. And we don't have scores on it. And we have kind of reached out to try to find that. It's kind of like, hey, it's scrimmage, not really anything to report. Not that. So when we talk about women's soccer, we're going to let you guys know when they play. But as they are just scrimmages, they're not playing in a spring league and things like that. It's just a, a, a better practice. You know, you might not even have your starting lineup in there, that sort of thing for either either team. Uh, just not going to have anything the way of anything to report on scores. Well, but I wish, you know, I wish we would, we would at least be getting an indication of um, how the team is coming together from, right. a, per, from a personnel standpoint. Yeah. You know, Cause we did, we hit the portal and brought in some additions and we lost some players. So I just like to get a general feel for who the movers and shakers are going to be on this 2023 roster. That That's really it. I mean, a score is a score. If that's out there, that also doesn't tell me anything other than we won or lost or tied. That you know, yeah. so I'd like to know some kind of player type stats. But if 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 we're just figuring that out right now, like the team also is trying to figure that out, then there's really is nothing to report. You know, because yeah. they're feeling their way out too. But they are playing. We just don't have any info out there on. It. Over in golf news, we had uh, this any given Tuesday tournament. On a Monday, Wednesday. Took place Monday through Wednesday. (laughs) Um, But anyway, we're going to hit the the men's results first and the women's second. So men finished ninth out of 18 teams with a 10 over par. Reason I bring these up. Here we go. uh, Somebody go 90 under again. (laughs) Troy won at uh, 24 under par and second place was two under par. (laughs) How does this happen? What was what was the team a couple of weeks ago that did I, that did that? It was like three hundred and six. It's like Kim Jong Il was the only guy playing for him. It's, it was like it's fifty under, and then the next team is par. Like how have, is that the thing? Have I already reached my quota on the Kim Jong Il so. golf thing? Yeah, yeah, you're gonna, you're have, gonna have, to have to go with the come up with ten cup one. or something. I don't know. Yeah, maybe Tiger Woods golf when I used to hit a fifty four on. Uh, that one, you know, work anyway. in some happy Gilmore references. Yeah, that seems natural. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the herd had a great final round at uh, two under, and that moved them five spots up the leaderboard on the final day. Tyler Jones led the way for the herd. Obviously, that's uh, kind of what he's been doing. He was one under for the tournament, and that was good enough for 16th overall, tied for 16th. Cool. On the women's side, Marshall finished 11 out of 17. This is a drastically, same course as I understand it, uh, drastically different results over there. 65 over par. And that was 11 out of 17. And you might say, wow, that's bad. But get this, James Madison won the event at 13 over par. Wow. 
And second place was 30 over par. Emily McClatchy finished 16th at uh, seven over and only two individual golfers for the entire tournament finished under par. So, Jeez. yeah, these scores are all over the place. This is all wild, over. man. This is wild. But, you know, you first say, hey, Marshall uh, finished 65 over and you're like, man, that's what? And yeah. You're like, yeah. Number two was 30 over. So, of no, course, no. and we don't we don't know the conditions. It could have been terrible. Well, that's, that's what it was. You, you know? know, it's terrible terrible conditions down there. But still, um, and they are actually golfing uh, tomorrow, uh, Monday. When you listen to this, uh, the Colonel Classic starts uh, in Richmond, Kentucky. So they're oh, okay. over at e- EKU, and uh, they are playing over there for a couple of days. Yeah, not not a not a terribly far road trip. I'll tell you one thing cool that I did see this past week on the uh, social media feed is the Herd Women's Golf account on Twitter put up a uh, a piece of content where they were following sophomore golfer uh, Katie Potter when she played a hole at Guyane, and they were just kind of walking with her and. And that, that was pretty cool. You know, that's not something that I'd seen before. So it was kind of her talking about how she approaches playing that hole and how, oh, you don't want to hit it long. You want to make sure you're short. And it was pretty cool, man. It was it was, an, it was a nice little bit of insight. Uh, I appreciated that. So if anybody from, you know, that's controlling the Herd Women's Golf Twitter account or content creation is sees that, that was really cool, man. You guys should do more of that. I w- that was a great way to get introduced to yeah, a golfer that I didn't know. And mm-hmm. and and listen to how they approach a, a a particular hole. That was just really cool. A quick aside, I think that we are blessed here at Marshall with the content creation that we have. Uh, we are constantly seeing uh, the basketball team did it a lot, uh, men's and women's on uh, Wednesdays. They were putting out uh, being on campus and interacting yeah, yeah. with the students and stuff yeah. like that. Just a lot of killer content. I mean, we've we've got some good creative minds here and some. Uh, good at what they do, digital creators and uh, Stan with his videography. Uh, yeah. We've got some cool, cool I, stuff. I want to piggyback off of that too. Cause I saw one earlier. Uh, it's probably been several weeks now, but it made me laugh. And it was, I think it was a baseball team doing that. And they were walking up to people asking like, what would your walk up song song be? You know, yeah. that's it's like, that's cool, man. Yeah. Because some people were probably like, what the hell are you talking about? What? <laughs> but uh, that's a good question. That's kind of a everybody's thought Na- about that. Nazareth, everybody has the dog. That. Right. See, you knew right <laughs> off the bat what you were going to say. Yeah. But everybody's thought about that, and to put people on the spot, it's it's pretty cool to see if like will they be truthful or will they try to come up with something else on the fly. But not Russ Living Good. He's going to go with Nazareth, Hair the Dog. <laughs> that was my walk up uh, song at the wedding, so it's always got to be. You know? Um. Volleyball, they won three to nothing over uh, Kentucky Christian, and they will host West Virginia State on Thursday. So if you want to get a really good look at that crisp, fresh new floor, man, it looks great. Uh, It's uh, it's something you ought to go in and see. Uh, Again, right now, it is free to go in Mm -hmm. uh, here in the spring. So go in, get a good look at that floor on Thursday and support the uh, Marshall Volleyball team. Yeah, and I saw that uh, we're on the trail, on the recruiting trail right mm-hmm. now, uh, down in, well, I guess they're back now. That was a couple Atlanta. of days ago. Yeah, yeah, it was a weekend trip. They were down in Atlanta. Um, Coach Beige. If, if I'm not mistaken, uh, we may have added to the recruiting class maybe this past week as well. I don't know. I'd have to 
I'd have to run back and check out the uh, um, followers, you know, people that I've followed. But I, I want I want to say that we did. We got yeah, we did. Yeah, I don't know if this if we're well, we don't work for Marshall. I guess we can talk about this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Taylor Bartram from Kentucky uh, committed to herd volleyball from Ashland. And, um, I'm wondering if that's, um, like I saw that coach Mike Bartram had talked about that, had like retweeted or something like that. So I wonder if it's a relative of his or whatever, but anyway, mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. A nice addition to the herd volleyball, um, roster from a local, uh, standout is always a good thing that helps mm -hmm. get butts in the seats at the cam. So congratulations to Taylor and congratulations to coach Ari and, an ever-evolving herd volleyball program in 2023. This is like a really exciting time to get involved with herd volleyball because, you know, the new floor changes the entire look of the cam. It really mm -hmm. makes it feel like a volleyball venue, so you're getting like the full-on vibe, especially – I mean, and that's just for me seeing pictures. I can't imagine being in there and, you know, seeing it firsthand, but a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. I love it, man. I love it. Uh, next, we're going to track and field, and they are doing the uh, what's the official name? South Florida Invitational on Friday and Saturday, and it'll be right there in Tampa. So oh, snap! Maybe you can. Hop well, over Tampa's kind of big, and there's a lot of tracks. So no, wonder no. where it is. Doesn't say. I, is it on no. USF's campus or? Yeah, I mean that's that's the host. So I'm yeah, assuming I mean, it has yeah. to be doesn't they might not have a facility you know they they're in i don't want to turn this into a usf podcast but they're in the midst of like a massive massive investment in sports to put a lot of on-campus facilities including a football stadium there right so i don't know if they have a, a a track on campus because well i'm not a usf fan so they could be at one of the local high schools or you know i don't know so well, I'm just saying I expect a correspondence report uh, firsthand from you down there. And uh, I'll get right maybe, on that. <laughs> maybe maybe a video of you running uh, the 60 next to somebody. <laughs> I look like Rich Eisen. At the... <laughs> <laughs> what do you run? A 9 4 or something? <laughs> Blow out a quad just trying to do some <laughs> content creation for the Thundercast that'll get. <laughs> 10 likes. I don't think so, chief. If you, if you blow out a quad, <laughs> it'll get a lot more likes than that. Trust me. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Everyone wants to see me, you know, injure well, that's, myself. That's funny, man. I mean, it harkens <laughs> back to the Simpsons days, man hit by groin or man hit by football and groin. Um, all right. Over on the diamond in baseball, we dropped the final game of last weekend's series at ODU 12 to two. We were uh, still recording when that, uh, uh, game was being played. Then uh, they lost at a ranked WVU squad up in mm -hmm. Morgantown, nine to seven, very close back and forth game. And that was one of those um, that made me want to see that series play more often. I mean, they're right here in the state. You would think so uh, totally different than in football. You know, yeah, I, I just think, you know, play, play the game. They play in soccer. Uh, but that was a ranked uh, ranked squad, and we put up a very good showing. Almost walked out of there with a win. Yeah. Um, started the weekend series with an away win at uh, ULM, Louisiana Monroe, won thirteen to six on Friday. Dropped game two in a close one, four to three, 
on Saturday, and then they finished the series with a 4-3 win to pick up their first Sunbelt Conference Series win. And, uh, it, it was in uh, spectacular fashion, if you got to catch any of that, which I got to catch a little bit of it. I was watching the softball game and then flipped over. Uh, Zach Adkison was dealing. Only gave up uh, one run through, what was it here? Sorry, I'm trying to scroll down to the pitcher's. Uh, seven innings, uh, four hits, one earned run, only two walks, and nine strikeouts. So very, very, very good uh, showing by him. We won four to three, got that ever so important. Got to get the first one out of the way, like you said, tick, right. those, tick those boxes. Uh, series win in the Sun Belt. Got a- uh, Louisiana coming here uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But before that, we have on Wednesday, WVU coming to town. All four of those games are going to be at Gomart Park in Charleston. Yeah, and I want to go back to that, you know, that West Virginia game and, and talk about because uh, you know, their their coach, manager, whatever you want to call them, had said that uh, he would like to see that series expand. Yeah. He would like yeah. to have a Charleston game, a Huntington game, and a Morgantown game. And I, and I think that's, that's – um, I think a lot of fans feel that way. Yeah. And of course, you know, you, you would like to think that once the ballpark gets built, that will mm-hmm. happen because at, putting in three separate midweek games is so easy to do, you know, and especially you don't have to play a three game series. You you can schedule them at different parts in this, in this yeah. uh, season and encompass so much of the fans of both of these schools, by the way, one in Morgantown, one in Huntington and one in Charleston. It's just a really, really good idea. And I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody else, but honestly, would you rather play a third time at Moorhead or, you know, a second time against West Virginia? You would, yeah. I think you would want to do that because I don't feel like the baseball vibe has nearly the toxicity as a football vibe does. Sure. Same with soccer, same with, you know, all that stuff. And uh, even, you know, basketball is different because for a long time we continued to play that series when you didn't play it in football. Uh, but I think I have a solution for it. Tell me what you think. And anyone listening, you know, feel free to send us a, a message or a, a tweet or something about it. Um, one game in Morgantown, one game in Huntington once we have the stadium built. If one of those teams – goes 2-0 and leading into the third game in uh, Charleston, they would be the home field for that, which gives them an advantage to win in the bottom of the... the oh, okay. Nine. Yeah, that's, that's not um, a bad idea. If it's 1-1, to then you just do a rotating basis each year on, on that or do an old-fashioned coin flip or, yeah. you know what? Why don't you have a little fun with it and have a, a home run derby or something? <laughs> one 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 player puts their one person out there. One team puts one player out there, and they get five balls. See how many home runs they can hit against the other person, and they get add a little excitement, some things to this. You know, well, you, you know where I was. Going. I was just going to say the old paper rock scissors best two of three wins. You know, that's <laughs> that's my go to all the time. But I kind of like the idea of of uh, kind of the all-star game type approach yeah. where the winner yeah. gets the home field in the World Series. I don't know if that's really the way it should be, but um, I like that idea. You know, you go yeah. 2-0, and you win both games, you should be the home team in Charleston. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only 
the only scheduling quirk that comes along with that is that the Charleston game would always have to be the third game, you know? Yeah. Well, that's but, why I think it, it should. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a, it's a minor league park mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm not saying that it is head and shoulders above what we're going to have in Huntington or what Morgantown has up there, but it is the one that is in the middle as close to in the middle as you can do this uh, to where you would think that you would have, you know, good fan base participation uh, that you can make this series mean something. So you've got a home and a, a home. If somebody goes two and zero in that, they get home field over there. Yeah. But I mean, do a little something. I mean, you know, what's it take? 15 minutes before the game to do a very minor home run derby between two players that you just say, here's who we're sending up, you know, right, here's right. who we're sending up. Just do something to add a little bit to this and, and start making it a draw for the fans here in the state. All right. If you do the home run derby and you end that tide, then you play paper, rock, scissors, best two out of three wins. And then we play the game. But I like that. That's really cool. That would just be a, one of those fun type things that would just add a little bit of uh little little bit of a layer to this um this event because that would be an event you know that, yeah and it would mean so it would make every game mean something other than just but bragging rights that's a cool idea uh the one other baseball note that we got to mention is that we picked up yet another commitment for the next mm-hmm. class trey hondras is coming out of chicago i want to say he's a juco guy maybe but uh, i don't think he's a traditional high school recruit because uh I, I went to find a profile and it was uh, uh, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot out there unless I just don't know exactly where to look yet. I'm still learning these things, but um, that makes what is that three or four now in the in the in the Bills class? At least three. Yeah, I know that we got the catcher and mm-hmm. then the guy down there from around your area. Yeah, Cooper, uh, Cooper and then uh, this guy. So I think it's at least three. I I think it's at least three, but I really think it's four, but still, um, not, it seems like every week it's, it's somebody else, another one added. So I like that. I love it. We, we need obviously more, but, uh, I love it. I mean, the baseball team just keeps checking a box, checking a box, checking a box. And that's all you can ask for. You know, once you get enough boxes checked, then, you know, you're kind of there. And I think the biggest box to be checked is, the stadium, and then when that finally gets checked, and you can literally use that as a recruiting tool, some of these other things are just going to go so much faster. So I love it. I love it though. Next we stop, have, we have one sweep. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you. We have one more thing to talk about with baseball. Cool. And that is the. Uh, I thought you you said bold. I thought hilarious <laughs> because it was on April Fools. Yeah. A lot of people did not like it. Did That's not why like it was it. bold. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people didn't think it was funny. A lot of people just 100% did not realize what day it Hook, was. Hook, line, and sinker. Got them. But um, they put out on April Fools, if you didn't see it on social media, that they were pausing the baseball stadium construction due to rising cost of materials, <laughs> labor, and that sort of thing. And there were a lot of incensed, enraged people. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, but this was a two-part thing: one to have a little fun, have a little, uh, you know, this is obviously a hot button for a lot of people, and right. rightfully, rightfully so. 
but you know having a little fun showing that they can poke some fun at at uh you know what has taken way too long but this is an administration that is getting this done you know yeah uh, if you want to just go right behind the the softball field and go look at it look at the live cam uh of the construction you can see all that's going on right now and it is taking shape you know it's it's nothing that you're like well they're moving some dirt but it can be for anything it is a literal baseball diamond that you can see over there yeah um but the news the two-parter was on april the 2nd today they said that they are uh moving forward with their brick campaign you get your personalized brick, pick it out, and they are going to choose the best one, and then that will get you a free brick oh. to name. So hmm. participate on that. You can find it over on Herd Zone, anywhere on social media, Facebook or, or Twitter. You can find that link, uh, but uh, it's under uh, Herd Zone, at Herd Zone on Twitter. Uh, but Marshall Athletics has put that out. Cool bricks. Uh, get them with a shout out to somebody that means a lot to you, uh, whatever you want to say about Marshall and, you know, who knows you come up with a really good one, then you'll get a free brick as well. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. And yes, I said bold because of the very same reasons that you said, a lot of folks immediately got incensed with the idea, like, great, here we go. And I was like, whoo, you know, I saw the joke immediately because I was quite aware that it was April fools and, and uh, I knew that this project was going to get done, but, you know, there are a lot of people, not just herd fans, but other fans of other schools that are just waiting for anything to pounce on. Yeah. And yes, I ultimately get that now they look a little foolish because it was a joke and you fell for it so hard and, and it was, uh, you know, obviously not true, but still, man, that was, I wonder how long they looked at each other in the office before hitting send, like, all right, you, you ready? We're going to do this because, you know, this could go either way. But uh, it even fooled, you know, I talk about my cousin Larry a lot. Larry, I love you. No, I love you. He texted me yesterday. No. Today. Yeah, today. Earlier today. And he's like, is this real? And I'm like, look at the date, man. You know? And he's like, oh, my God, I fell for it. So even he fell for it, but he was a little preoccupied. So let me give him a little special shout out here on celebrating the birth of his second son. Yeah. Um, another herd fan added to the arsenal, added to the herd. <laughs> yeah. Another little baby Buffalo added to the herd. So congratulations to Larry and his wife on the addition to their family. And yes, another herd fan up in the Kanawha Valley. Wearing proudly the Kelly Green, uh, had the little Kelly Green onesie on at the shot in the hospital. <laughs> um, love you, brother. I'm glad that uh, everything your wife is doing well. I'm glad the family has grown and the baby boy is doing well. Love y'all, miss y'all, but it was just a prank, man. <laughs> You're gonna get a stadium. We're gonna keep it on the diamond and close out around the herd with softball as we are going to do pretty much for the rest of the their season. <laughs> uh, they're the main event, man. They are the main event. Yeah. Uh, but they tore up Northern Kentucky thirteen to one in five innings on Tuesday, and that win propelled them to the new school mark uh, yep. for consecutive wins. Then they. Um, beat Georgia state six to one on Saturday. I got to go and take my oldest uh, daughter to that game. 
and did not get to go on Sunday. Watched them at home after we got home from church. Won five to one in the first game on Sunday and swept the series with a six to nothing victory uh, in the second game. That is now, as we said earlier, twenty one wins in a row. Yeah. I'm going to tell you where they're going next, and then I'll let you hit up all the stuff. Cool. Uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, they will be at ULM, Louisiana Monroe, uh, for a three-game set, and that just happens to be the previous stop for assistant coach Corey Lyon. So a yeah. little bit of a homecoming for him. Yep, sure is. Now, look, there's not much to talk about other than the fact that the record was set broken against Northern Kentucky because they just flat beat the brakes off of that poor squad, completely outmatched. There's no reason to just throw salt in the wound. It sucks that, that happened to them, but it did. Uh, so that put the the gals even running at a faster pace now that they have broken this record. Now it's about extending this record and putting it, geez, potentially how far out of reach for another team? I mean, eight teams bad – or 17 was hard enough. When you get to 18, you're like, all right, now the pressure's off. Well, hell, we're already up to 21. So how mm-hmm. far – how long is this thing going to go? Forever. So let's just let's just talk about the weekend series, right? Georgia State Sun Belt Conference series. That's the kind of the main attraction, right? You want to know that we're keeping pace there or extending a lead there. Uh, Thirty-one and three now after the weekend's game. Seven and zero oh in the Sun Belt Conference. First place in the standings in the Sun Belt, riding that twenty-one game win streak, like you like you mentioned. Next longest winning streak in the conference is Troy at five games. Now I know that doesn't really mean anything. Uh, Marshall's like got the third, maybe or fourth longest win streak in the nation going right now. I mean, they're up there, top three, four. I think Oklahoma's up there. Um, Oklahoma's undefeated, I think, at twenty five and zero. Yeah, so they're, you know, they're. We need somebody to lose a game before we're going to be able to get up there. And Oklahoma's just kind of sort of rolling right now. But uh, you you mentioned the series sweep, um, and when I was doing the prep for the for the show, I mentioned that some of the stats that jumped out of me that weren't necessarily player stats were really good to see. It made me feel good. And that is attendance at these games. The uh, Saturday game, 495 listed fans in attendance for that game. It's a Sunday game one, 393. And the the uh, series finale, 618 fans. Now, that's a big deal to me, okay? We've talked about other teams and other places that are putting uh, over 1,000 fans a game. That's great. Good for them. But our stadium holds 350 fans as the capacity for Dot Hicks Field, and you were—I was watching the the um, the stream on ESPN Plus, all around the outfield, just mm-hmm. full of camping chairs, people standing, people watching behind. I, I know you saw they posted a video, and I took a still shot of the video. That mm-hmm. great photo with the packed crowd behind the the players looking into the stands. What a great shot, man! I mean, think about where we are now versus where we were maybe just two years ago, you know, or even a little bit to a certain degree last year. The attendance is is seemingly way up at Dot Hicks Field, and we've talked about that numerous times. Every time we get an opportunity to talk to Megan, we get to talk to Corey. as the first thing they say. That's the biggest thing you can do to help our program come and watch us play. Yeah. And I noticed out there there's some bleachers in the outfield now. They've mm-hmm. got a little bit of extra seating going on. So when these bigger, you know, whatever you want to call finger quotes, bigger series happen, I don't give a rip who we're playing. You should be going to watch the herd play, right? We say that about just about everybody. But there's now – Plenty of seats to be had. Mm-hmm. I mean, the official capacity is probably now higher with those bleachers out there, but still. 
Um, Before you go on, uh, this is about attendance, so I want to put it yeah, here. Yeah. Keep, it, keep in mind that Saturday's game was a 10 a.m. game, right. and it, it was up against uh, Huntington's leagues of opening day. You had kid play in that. You know how big of a deal that is. All the mm-hmm. parents and kids that would normally be at a game like this were over there. You had T-ball, Little League, softball, opening day. Also the same in Barbersville. Yep. So both of those you're competing on a 10 a.m., which was uh, turned out to be a gorgeous day, but uh, upwards of 60 mile an hour winds in uh, the areas around us on Saturday, uh, a windy game and going up against T-ball. So to get near 400 people for that early of a game in going up against that while these games are being played uh, for T-ball and, and all that, that that's impressive. It's a big deal, right? Because yeah. I know firsthand, and I know you know a little bit also, mm-hmm. um, but baseball, T-ball, that type of stuff in Huntington and Barsville is huge. Yeah. And it's always going to be a, a huge draw. So to be able to still put those type of numbers, look, at over 600. Over 600. Yeah. That's that's. Yeah. I, I thank you for herd fans for coming out and supporting yeah. this team. I hope you continue to go. Even if they happen, even if somebody happens to catch them slipping a little bit and the, the wind streak comes to an end, you shouldn't just start staying at home now because yeah. they're great. They're great. But look, let's talk about the weekend series. Game one of the series, six to one. You mentioned that Sid Nestor in the circle, complete game one hitter, seven K. Stop me if you've heard this before. Uh, 17 and two up to that point on the season. Um, Sid Bickle, two or three with a triple and two runs scored in that one. Grace Chelleman hits the home run, the big three run bomb, which. I love that you pointed out that you walk Autumn Owen to get to Grace Chelleman, and she immediately makes you pay. Uh, bold strategy, but yeah, we saw how that one played out. Uh, Cam Hollis, another home run in short fashion, number two on the season. And uh, Alex Coleman tallies yet another stolen base in the game. Game two was a five-to-one win. Savannah Rice and Bree Godfrey split duty in the circle for that one. Savannah gets the win. Four innings pitch, five hits, two Ks, and one earned run. Now eight and zero on the season for Savannah Rice. Bree Godfrey, three innings pitched, with a hit and two Ks, she gets the save. Autumn Owen goes two for four in that one with a double and an RBI. Grace two for four with an RBI and two stolen bases in that one. Lauren Love busting out the biceps and taking one out of the yard goes two for two with a solo home run. And yes, Alex Coleman with yet another stolen base to extend her. Conference League lead. Game three. Guess who's back in the circle? The smoking gun, Sid Nestor. Um, six to nothing victory. Complete game five hitter. 10 Ks. Stop me if you've heard that one. Zero um, runs allowed, obviously. 18 and two on the season now at that point. So Sid Nestor's weekend reads 2-0, 12 innings pitched, six hits, 17 Ks, and no earned runs. Um Show me a better candidate for Sunbelt Pitcher of the Week. I don't know that there is one out there, and I don't know how it's just not like the Sid Nestor Sunbelt Pitcher of the Week award at this point. But for some crazy reason, she keeps getting shafted in this category despite going out there and just simply dominating. She got into a couple of jams in those games, and, man, she just steps right in and mows down a few batters and gets out of the jam. Her command, I tweeted this, her command of the game is – otherworldly at times you know she just doesn't get shaken just keeps on fighting a little jam here a little base runner there doesn't matter um 
gets clutch strikeouts to end the innings a couple times. She's a big time player. Big time player. Um, in the in the finale, Autumn Owen goes two for two with a home run and a walk, an RBI, and two two runs scored. Brooklyn Ulrich and Riley Lucas both go one for three, both solo home runs. Um, I think Riley Lucas at some point is going to put one through the Chris, Chris Klein Center front windows. <laughs> it's just a matter of time. And uh, Brooklyn, damn, dude. I'm, I, I mean, it must have been on the sweet spot because she got every freaking bit of that pitch. It was a no-doubter. And uh, you could tell by her reaction, there were some great still photos that were circul- circulating on the Herd Softball account. Um, I may have never seen a larger smile in my life. <laughs> the, the happiness that she had. I, I think that she was like maybe a little surprised that she sit that one out of the yard to the extent that it went out. You know, not that she hit a home run, but it was like, damn, um, I hit that one damn near to Barbersville type deal. I will say that she has I mean, all these ladies have tremendous reactions, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. to, to what they do during the game. And I don't mean like out of surprise, I mean like competitive reactions yeah. and, um, she may have the most on like defense or, uh, offense or anything of just screaming out in, in, in joy in everything of getting out of jams, picking off runners, uh, and she had a great in that game that I was at uh, advancement going to home uh, on that uh, pass ball, not a pass ball from the pitcher, but it got past the defender when they were throwing it back in. And uh, it was almost of like, should I go? Should I go? Should I go? And then the ball like gets away and it's squibbing into foul territory really slowly. And the catcher was the closest person to it. So as the catcher starts moving, she just took off. Yeah. And uh and that scored put us up 2 to 1 and then from there, you know, just open up the little mini floodgates that allows us to walk up uh 5-1 and 6-1 and get out of there with the victory. See, that's what I was saying earlier. It's those yeah. little plays to where they will take advantage of you to get mm-hmm. that extra insurance run that ultimately might take the edge off enough for everybody to start having just a tad little bit more fun, play a little bit looser. And the next thing you know, four runs go on the board and, and the floodgates are open. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the, the last few notes on this uh, series finale. Sid Bickle may be the play of the day outside of these offensive home runs and stuff. And I, and I tweeted that, you know, it was, it was on another kind of hustle type play and she slid in there, got under the tag to add an insurance run on for the herd and they put two on the board in that inning off of two infield hits and two hustle plays. That's mm-hmm. honestly what it was. It was nothing else but effort. But she <laughs> probably the coolest slide I've seen. Yeah, you know, right. It was like no, it's like eh, no big deal to me because it was one of those just slide in, pop up, walk away. It was so cool, man. Like the swag level is kind of off the charts with this team, and it doesn't matter. I don't even think they're trying. I just think they got it, you know. I just think they have that little bit of swagger that you want, that you want to see, that you like to see in a, in a in a really good, fun team. Um, Abby Darnley gets into the game in that series finale. She's a freshman, right? Eleanor West Virginia Buffalo High School comes in and almost takes it out of the yard. I mean, midway up the wall um, for a stand-up double. One so, more bite of a protein bar in the one morning, and that that's gone. More. Yeah. Yep. 
one more and she's rounding them all but that was great taking the mo making the most of her opportunity comes in and almost rips one out of the yard and of course alex coleman another stolen base so a stolen base in every single game in the series um her she's leading the sunbelt conference in that category she's you know incrementally getting closer to that single season lead but it's still quite a far you know quite a far ways away uh, and last, last week she was still winning the uh or leading i should say in the nation so you know we'll have to see uh when all those updated stats from the weekend right. come out to see how everybody is but we'll definitely have that out on social media and that sort of thing yeah, once everything gets tallied up, I wish they were, you know, real time stuff, but yeah. I mean they kind of are, but you got to wait for games to finish, you know. Yeah. So, you know, West Coast stuff is obviously going to take longer than East Coast stuff, but um you mentioned it ULM series coming up Thursday, Friday, Saturday affair, uh, a little bit of a homecoming for Corey. I know he wants this one. You got to know that he wants this one. I mean, go in there and, and take care of business. And another series sweep would be so sweet. So there's no reason to think that it ain't going to happen because the herd's damn good. Um, I, last thing I want to say about softball is, um, remember, a couple of weeks now away, green and white spring game weekend. We're going to be doing the tailgate on Sunday for the James Madison series uh, at – I don't know if it'll be at the dot. We're going to hope, hope we can, but uh, we're going to be doing a big tailgate as part of that weekend. And that's exclusively, you know, a softball type deal. So make yourself available. Make sure you get over there on Sunday for the series finale against James Madison. It's going to be a great time. Um, I, I'm, I can now say that I will make the trip. I, I've secured enough time off and, you know, I get to take part in this festivity too. It's not like I'm a draw for the event, but I get to have fun with everybody. And that's the important part to me. <laughs> so that's all I got for softball this week. They just continue to kill it, man. Um, rank the herd. Hashtag rank the herd. What the hell? Yeah. Well, that does it for around the herd. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll have uh, more as spring football goes on we'll have more updates on that and add that to around the herd or maybe even throw it in as a little feature but right now uh it's just getting started last week you know I had three practices uh no real news to cover that's not out there everywhere uh in yeah press conference interviews i so. mean the only thing you can say is that they're now in pads so mm -hmm. Uh, we we will start to see everything crank up to a different little bit of a level, but it's still spring ball. There's a long way to go. You know, yep. you got several weeks of of jockeying for position and reps and this and that and everything else. And uh, when they get into the meat and potatoes of spring practices, like we did last year, we'll have all that type of information and what we're seeing and what we're hearing and 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 what we're kind of thinking. But right now, we're just taking baby steps. Uh, Coach has mentioned that he he he's liking what he's seeing, so. Um, you know, as we get to dive into the competition a little bit more as that cranks up, then, uh, there will be more to talk about, but for right now, just happy to see the guys healthy and back at it. They look like they've been working hard in the weight room with BA. They look like they're ready to roll and, um, I'm here for it, man. I mean, I, I want football just like everybody else does, but. I'm still also enjoying this ride that the uh, softball team is laying on the fan base right now, too. You got nothing else? Take that. 
Well, I got a little bit, and I just want to say that I was uh, blessed to take my entire family to softball last Saturday, and my oldest daughter is a little reward uh, for this Saturday. And uh, last Saturday, we also went to volleyball at that first game last Saturday. Uh, one of the recent graduates for volleyball, uh, Caitlin Geller, was mm-hmm. uh, talking to my daughter named Caitlin at softball. Uh, because she had on a softball camp uh, t-shirt and she really wanted to talk to her about that. And Caitlin is just right now in love with softball. We went to the softball match later on. Volleyball. volleyball. Man, sorry. You're confusing me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm confusing me, obviously. But (laughs) we went to volleyball after that. Uh, We did not get to go because of our schedule to anything but that one uh, softball game this week, but she got to meet some athletes. She got to uh, talk briefly uh, with, you know, some coaches and things like that. And just seeing the kids around this, if you have nothing to do and you have kids and they have nothing to do, get them over to one of these sporting events for Marshall. You'll have a great time because you love Marshall sports They'll have a great time because it's something for them to do. And you never know how you're going to influence their love for Marshall at this time. We always joke and say, bringing them up, right? Yeah. I mean, take them to a game. It might make their week, but it is definitely, definitely going to make them a herd fan because of the way that the athletes care about the kids. Yesterday at softball was Disney day. And they they had Disney song walk-up songs. They had uh, Disney songs playing in between innings and Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. All kinds of uh, kids in the stands. It's just a fun atmosphere, not just for softball, but anywhere you can take them. But definitely uh, these, if you've got young girls, take them to these uh, uh, women's sporting events. It's, you won't be sorry, I'm telling you. And that's, that's all I want to say about it is just take your kids over there create new herd fans we're going to need them in 15 to 30 years well hell take everybody to these games you know sure. it's like uh you know we've opened our own eyes and appreciation to a lot of our other sports that we just you know we just didn't pay attention to and and right or wrong or indifferent it doesn't matter we just didn't devote any time to it and now we do and just think of personally how our fandom and our experience has increased because we're paying closer attention and we're more familiar with more of our athletes across more of our sports. It's it's fun, man. It's fun. So you said if you've got nothing to do, if they've got nothing to do, well, then you have something to do. Because mm-hmm. if there's a game on the schedule, you got something to do. And it's like free. So you're out of the house. It doesn't really cost you anything. You can have a good time. And these things don't last all day. So you right. can go do something and then go do whatever else you want to do. If you want, if you had to go to the store, well, go to the store two hours later. Who cares? You know, go have a little fun, get out of the house, do something, and then Go take care of the weekend chores or whatever. But, hey, I digress. Man, great week, killer week, but let's take it out of here. All right. Whether you see us at the cam, whether you see us at the dot, whether you see us uh, at uh, Tampa where KD is going to be blowing out his quad running a 60, (laughs) no matter where you see us, we're going to be saying, even if we're screaming in pain, go hurt. I'm going to be writhing in pain. It's the Thundercast. We'll see you next week.